0: Hey everyone, before we get into this week's reloaded episode, I want to let you know the reason why we're doing Scott Carpenter's show again. This past weekend, Scott Carpenter passed away unexpectedly. His son called me on Saturday morning to let me know that the night before his dad had suffered a brain aneurysm, and Scott shortly after passed away. And so I thought about doing different things this week for Scott in remembrance, but I feel like everything would have been rushed and put together sloppy. And so I thought I might as well just let you guys hear the one and only time Scott was on the show. And it really sucks because Scott and I had talked a lot since I moved to Tennessee. I mean, he lived in the same town that I live in. He lived 10 minutes from the studio about 15 minutes from my house. And we would text back and forth talking about going out together. And just last Sunday, he texted me asking if I would go out to the woods with him. And I couldn't because my children were sick. And I had no idea that that would be the last time I would ever talk to Scott. Him and I were becoming pretty good friends. And it just kind of puts you in a spot where you kind of analyze things and you look back at your interactions with people and you reassess how you treat things in the moment. Right. And I want to tell you, his son was going through his emails and Travis, his son told me that there were a lot of people that were reaching out to Scott over the years. And he was able to see the interactions he had with his dad and What his dad was doing for people and dealing with their experiences. You know, people contact Scott about their experiences and he's helping them walk through their experience and understand what happened to them. And Scott would also help people on a spiritual level, too. He was a Christian and we believe that he is now in the presence of Jesus Christ. But while he was here, It seems like he was helping a lot of people find their way to Christ as well. So with that said, I think the best thing I can do is to share the one and only recording I have with Scott, which was a very encouraging recording that I had with him. And let's relive that experience together where we hear Scott Carpenter Talk about his experiences, how he got involved in these things, and the twisty road we took on this conversation, talking about dogman, Bigfoot, portals. It was a great conversation. and I hope you guys enjoy Merkel Media I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time-traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I
1: saw three long bony fingers... Reach up underneath the door, curl up
0: to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this
1: giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears. Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about
0: 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I, reach my hand into this bush and I touched air couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster Okay. I'll reload it. Okay. Today we have Scott Carpenter coming in studio and I've known about Scott Carpenter for quite some time. He's written several books. He's got a YouTube channel. He's been around the block for many years before I was even podcasting, but I'm glad I've never had him on the show till now because Scott Carpenter lives within 10 minutes of my studio. He lives within 10 minutes of my house. I literally, when we left the studio, because he came in studio to talk to me, when we left the studio, I literally followed him home because I passed by his house on the way to my house. We are locals together and he comes in the studio and he brings the heater heater he brings the heater today because he talks about bigfoot dogmen in smoky mountain region right here he talks about the town that my studio's in that there's dogmen in this town I was really kind of taken back by that, but Scott is a wealth of information. He has done extensive research and he just wants to spread information about these creatures and the reality of their existence. I had a fantastic time talking to him. The first half of this episode is for the public right now. The second half is waiting for you members in an overtime segment. So let's get to Scott in this extra long conversation about Bigfoot Dogman in the Smoky Mountains right now. All right, today we got Scott Carpenter in studio, sir. How are you? Great. Man. To be here. Let me tell you. I, uh, I've i known about you for a long time. Cool. Uh, I, I just moved to Tennessee, East Tennessee from uh, Philadelphia area yeah. in April last year. And I remember when I first started uh, looking into these topics, uh, I had a Facebook group and then I started the podcast in uh, 2017. And shortly before I started the podcast, like late 2016, I'm driving around my tractor trailer in Philadelphia, and I'm thinking about these new angles about Bigfoot that I I thought were original to me, and I uh, I was like, you know, the Nephilim might have a connection to Bigfoot, and I was like, man, I don't think I could talk about this without getting hammered, and then I was like. I don't know. And I, I started talking to certain other people when I started the podcast. And when I started the podcast around that time, I started feeling real comfortable. It was just like, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. And if people don't like it, they don't like it, you yeah. know? And then when I started talking about it, people were like, you got to talk to Scott Carpenter <laughs> back in 2017. Yeah. And here we are six years later, almost exactly because I started my podcast January 19th, 2017. So yeah. it's been almost exactly six years. Yeah, uh, And here you are in yeah. studio uh, it turns out you're from the same town my studio's in. Yeah, which is,
1: which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> literally, you're right across town.
0: So I, uh, I, I just, um, I, I, I know you're familiar with uh, uh, Legends and Lore Pizzeria. Mm-hmm. So I, I went down there. Uh, so I passed by there when I was looking for a house down here in February, and uh, Eddie had the place closed for the day. So when I moved down here, I went in there and got to know Eddie, and he brought you up, and uh, and so I was like. I got to get this guy <laughs> on the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of legends and lore, uh, I am uh, I'm thinking about doing uh, like a maybe once a quarter uh, meetup there with sure. listeners. And Eddie said that he'd be down for that. So uh, anybody listening right now, if you're interested in something like that, do, do you think it'd be cool to meet with me at like a pizzeria? We just call it like a... Uh, tc uh underground or something like that and just have a good time eating pizza and hanging out and talking if you like that idea just shoot us an email but uh so scott here you are you're in the studio and uh it's i nice studio i appreciate it it's very nice <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something when, when i first moved in here it was lime green wall panels yeah. And I, I said to my landlord, I said, can I renovate? And he said, you can do it, anything you want. I said, perfect. Yeah, it's nice. And so I, I had, uh, met a, a homesteader about an hour North of here, used to frame houses. And, uh, he said he'd come down and help me. So I, I paid him to renovate in here and he it did looks, a great yeah, job. Yeah, he
1: did a great job.
0: So, That's uh, nice. uh, I, I'm glad you're in here and I'm glad we we're able to do, it's more fun to have these conversations face to face. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I'm just going to start. We're going to we're going to see where this conversation goes. But I'm just going to start out with uh, the softball question of how did you get involved in these topics? Because I'm sure you didn't come out the womb think, saying "No, Bigfoot," no, you know.
1: No, so no, it, I mean, uh, you know, started out. Uh, let, let me start with my adult experience. Um, I Guess 2008. I was uh, fishing on down on Telco Lake, and it um, was top water fishing. It's beautiful morning clear so i think it was in june uh, water's calm and uh so i'm fishing and i'm off uh there's a place down there i don't it's called baker's creek and and it's a 1500 acre uh, multi-use area recreational area you can hunt and camp on it and ride horses but there's no motorized vehicles and and so that's where i'm fishing off of and and for some reason, I had been wa- I had been watching those the really early YouTube videos about Sasquatch research. I had a job where I literally worked alone, and so at lunchtime, I I would pull those up and watch those, and I actually thought they were pretty funny. I mean, these were the guys that were running around whooping and, and beating sticks and doing all kinds of craziness like that yeah. in the woods. And so I don't know why. I just uh, I mean, it was really quiet. I don't know if you're on the lake, and you know, at first you and I, I mean. Sound carries a long way. And I just made two or three really silly whoops, you know, whoop, 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 you know. And I mean, it echoed and there behind me is, a you know, some really high end subdivision on the lake. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, somebody's eating breakfast here and this fool out here, you know, fishing and he's doing this. So I went back to fishing and I could always, I you know, all of a sudden I heard something coming through the woods and it you know, got louder and louder. And as it got closer, I mean, it was uh, something was just, you know, just destroying the woods. I mean, it wasn't just like uh, you're, you know, riding a horse and you're going through brush. I mean, this, you know, sticks are breaking, uh, stomping. I mean, it's like someone's got a bulldozer coming. And so I'm kind of like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, what in the world? Because I've not put, I've called a Sasquatch in it. You know, I'm not even thinking that I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing this coming towards me, and it's a long point of land, so, you know, it's it's getting closer and closer, and I'm really kind of like, so I stopped fishing, and I'm just being real quiet, just looking, at you know, intently on the shoreline, and, I mean, this thing's just ca- causing all kinds of havoc, just breaking limbs, shaking trees, and, it, you know, it works its way down, to, and um, the sun, I guess, was coming up uh, on to my right, so it was throwing real long shadows, and so just, you know into the woods and you could kind of just kind of broke up. You could see in. And so I start seeing this movement and the sunlight every now and then will hit, you know, just a patch of black or gray as this, whatever this thing is. And first I'm thinking horse and a rider, but you know, this, this whole, the end of this point is just nothing but, uh, you know, briars and uh, sticker bushes, you know, and, and blackberry bushes. It's just a brumble. So, you know, there's just no way anybody would ride a horse down here. Mm. And so it just keeps going back and forth why it's doing this. And, and it's still, you know, you, you can see it. I, I describe it like you, in the scene in Jurassic Park where the you see the T-Rex coming, but he he's not out of the woods yet. And you see all the, yeah. you know, all the trees and stuff and being broke off or fallen. That's exactly what he was doing at the end of that point. He was just, you know, raising cane. And so I got a little, you know, I had drifted into the bank just a smidge, and I was like, mm, I'm a I felt like I'm just a little bit too close. So I reached down and tapped the trolling motor. Well, it's an electric trolling motor, and it's quiet as it was, it made the whirling, made the whirl noise. And, and I started backing off, and at that moment, he heard it. And and I don't know if he looked at me, but he just, you know, he stopped moving totally. And it got real quiet, and then I heard I heard a couple like, <sighs> you know, couple of like almost aspiration. And then he just gave one more big, huh? And then this normally just like, I mean, it was bipedal, but it wasn't, you know, he just walking back at and we just walked away. And that, you know, and I'm just like, I'm in shock. I mean, I don't know what to think. I'm like, God, what in the world, you know, I just, I, I mean, I still to this day, it's just amazing that even happened. Yeah. The act of God, whatever you want to call it. Cause, you know the whoops weren't even good whoops. I mean, you know, and they were. Just, and what didn't whatever possessed this thing to think that I was whatever it was thinking I was. And so, of course, that you know, with that, I, I mean, I kind of got get the bug. I feel like I got to figure this out. I mean, I don't I don't understand this. What was that? And so, the next weekend, I uh went in uh, with my. I had just a really cheap Sony a handy cam thing and I, and I just went in walking around just trying to find look and i found the area and sure enough it looked like you're taking a bulldozer down through here. there were no tracks i couldn't find any like real tracks the uh, uh, leaf litter was real thick it was you know in the summertime and but you know it had obvious something and it just tore a path down to the edge of the water and um, uh, you know that got me started uh, you know just searching and looking around the next week i find a I find like this little shelter that's urine smell and then I get hit by infrasound. And then I really? get, yeah, I get, yeah. Like the third, second or third time out, I get popped really hard with infrasound. Wow. Uh, uh, I kind of learned early that you never turn the video camera off because mm. I did I, like when I first started, I turned the video camera off and then, and then I had yeah. one. Make, uh, I, if I'd had the camera on, I might've been able to capture it. I saw moving out of the corner of my eye and something was like flying and, I'm, you know, b- banging at the recorder trying to get trying to get it open. Yeah, you know, just like I'm doing now, and and try to get <laughs> it out to get it over there. And so, from then on, you know, regardless, you know, I figured I can always delete. You know, get more SD cards.
0: Yeah.
1: So I always kept it on, and there was a the 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 first instance I literally, it's like I remember like th- these are long stories, but to shorten it up, basically, I thought I saw something. In, a, in in the midst of a cedar tree. I mean I could see a black form. And in my mind I thought, I'm gonna go step in there and see what that is. And literally like as I started to step, I got a text or a phone call from my son uh, and so I, I took that real quick and it was just, yeah, I'm out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, something I can't even remember. He's asked me about coming to see something. And I said, Sure. And and that broke broke my concentration. And and then after the cell phone call, I have no memory for about 10 minutes. I don't recall it. The next thing I remember is I'm back up on the main trail, about 200 yards away from this area, walking. Wow. And so, But I had the video. I never turned the video recorder off. So I have that video. Of course, nothing really major happened other than when I swung swung around the turnaround, I got a glimpse of, of it in the uh, cedar tree. Well, I get home and look at that. It freaks me out, number one. And, and which so part, I, the part where I don't have any memory, Okay. the, the law, lo- the memory the glimpse loss. didn't freak you out. Well, I didn't, well, that's, I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm already freaked out. But, you know, I'm freaked out because I find that 10 minutes gotcha. and then I'm going back through it and I see the glimpse of this thing. And so I go back the next day with my kids and we find a track and you can see where this thing is literally was like, it just went up into the tree and hugged. It, it was like in the tree, had an arm around the tree, and it broke limbs all the way up to about 12 feet. Mm. And so after that, I was hooked. Wow. And uh, I had to figure it out. Yeah. And so I started, quote, with the, you know, air quotes, research. So I started just going, you know, and figuring it out. I didn't have no primer. I didn't know I didn't have anybody to ask. I kind of knew intuitively watching the, these Bigfoot videos that run, I wouldn't, you know, running around at night in the woods banging on trees wasn't what this was all about. So I tried to do the standard thing. I tried to find a location where i could you know of course it it, when everybody starts this at least for me and a lot of people i know it's always it's a bipedal Mm ape it's a dumb
0: yeah that's where i started out
1: yep and i it didn't take but about probably about 18 months i figured out i figured out it was not but you know just through and then you know i got i got found a feeding station and and i would leave candy bars and stuff and i didn't have a whole lot of money raising four kids and and all kinds of things going on in my personal life but i'm you know, I try to get, uh, you know, like three or four trail cameras and I, I'm so silly. I mean, I'm like, put the food right there and five feet away, put a camera.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> that'll uh, do but, it. <laughs> that'll get him. <laughs>
1: and, uh, you know, but that's where I started. That's when I started learning. Yeah. You know, learning that they knew what the cameras were and they would just either put a hand or put a rock or something in front of it. And you know, had
0: that happen where the oh, rocks are placed in front
1: of it? Or they stand in front of it. Really? Something would be placed in front of it because they, you know, it would, because, you know, an infrared, you know, it's looking for a change of temperature. So, like if, mm. like if you got an infrared camera here and you put your hand in front of it, don't move your hand, it, it'll just go off once. It won't keep going off because your hand becomes the new standard. So, it just got gotcha. to do anything. But wow. when you remove your hand, it goes off again. So, it would go off and I get a whiteout. And then, you know, and then I don't know, 30 minutes, whatever time would pass. And then they'd move whatever it was, I'd get another video of nothing. You know, 10, 20 minutes later, and all the all the candy bars would be gone.
0: Stuff unbelievable. Like that. So that that's was, interesting. So that's when I was like, oh. <laughs> there, there, there's actually thought process. Yeah, they're, they're understanding. They're, yeah, they understand.
1: Yeah, yeah they know. And wow. so they just block. And sometimes they would push them and turn them down. I mean, uh I got some weird stuff. This one place, I got some alien looking things and and uh, stuff like that. But you know, never like a. I got one skeletor looking thing, but you know you got to understand this is infrared. This is at night, and you know, their skin color. You know if they've got pasty gray skin, it's gonna it's gonna look white and illuminated. So it's hard, you know. It was hard. It's hard to tell, but uh, just r- some really crazy stuff. And it just that's where I started learning. You know yeah. what what you know. It's where I you know was cutting my teeth on what was going on, and mm. and started you know this communication thing. Of course, that, you know and. And it just went from there. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, when you're learning this stuff, at, at what point did you start uh, un- maybe either diving into or understanding the Bigfoot world? And uh, your findings and your understandings that you're learning, and when, at what point did you're like, this is not going to go well if I talk <laughs>
1: about Well, <it." laughs> I was able to stay. I was a little bit uh, uh, insulated from it. Because mm-hmm. I really knew no one in the Bigfoot world and really didn't care to know.
0: Yeah,
1: That was number one. That's that was a, the that's best fascinating. thing. fascinating. And I was just doing my thing and posting videos. I had a friend named Chuck Prawl that I had uh, developed a friendship with uh, on YouTube. And he used to have a podcast back in the day a long time ago. And uh, he, he since passed away. He was uh, in a wheelchair bound. But in the Bigfoot world, he knew everyone. And he interviewed everyone. And, uh, there wasn't anybody he didn't know. And, but, you know, and of course he, when he saw my videos, he started reaching out. We became friends and he kind of helped me along the way, kind of helped me understand who people were like Bobby short and, and, uh, Bob Gimlin and some of these other people. I, I mean, you know, I didn't even, I hadn't even, even seen the Patty film. Mm. I think maybe as a child or on in search of, but you know, I, I really didn't know any of the background, MK Davis, uh, any of, you know, any of the quote big names bender nagel uh and ray crow and all these big names i didn't have a clue who these people were so you know i just did my thing and i got fortunate um the research area wasn't too far away from uh, uh uh down there where the farm was where mary green talked you know wrote her book about the 50 years with bigfoot and uh and so that was about you know, about 10, 15 miles away. So I I don't, I think these Sasquatch were just more acclimated to human beings. Mm. And they, I don't know what's the old Southern phrase they took to me. And I, they started, I started getting a lot of activity fairly early. And I, I know there were some, people that were kind of upset about that because oh, i've been in Bigfoot research for 25 years yeah. that's a bunch of crap yeah you know you're not getting any of that that's you're just faking <laughs> now that and uh, so you know i got a, i got some of that but right. i just kind of stayed focused and you know chuck was like look don't read your comments just stay with it
0: wise <laughs> words
1: and the other thing i promised him he says for god you know for goodness sakes uh post what you get don't do this thing Got it it seemed like everybody was saying, you know, got the, you know, got the best video that's ever been seen and, and I'll premiere it next week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then they put it, behind a paywall and, yeah. and, and, and then when you'd see it, it'd be, it, you know, it'd be the Blobsquatch, you know, footage of the century. It's <laughs> like, and I talked and I promised him, I said, if I get footage, it goes on with no fanfare. I just say what I got. And if, you know, and, you know, if you look at it and you think it's blob scotchy crap, that's fine. It's scotchy crap don't watch my channel no more. That was kind of, yeah, that took, that yeah. Took. this is, you know, I'm develop you know, I'm developing a theory here and and I'm inside. Like, you know, the audience is kind of going with me.
0: You're learning publicly, which yeah. is a handicap for you because people are tuning in to get this evidence and they want to see the hard facts and they want to talk. They, they, and, 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 and some people are understanding, but there's some people that aren't. And so when you're, when you're in a weird position and I, and I've been in a similar position where, Um, when I started the podcast, uh, I came from the Bigfoot stuff, Mm -hmm. but I started the podcast as a paranormal show where I'll talk about anything. Yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff that I was never exposed to. And I was learning on the fly where I have somebody come on the show and they're like, you know, talking about things that I have no clue what they're talking about. And I'm just having a conversation with them and trying to learn as I go. And, you know, you, you you have to, there has to be a humble bone in our bodies for that. Yeah. You know, cause we, we can't be like, oh, I want to be, I want to look like a know-it-all that, that, that goes out the window yeah. when you're learning publicly. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody could
1: see my mistakes and I, I and I would throw a theory out and two weeks later I have to say, no, nah, it's not, yeah. I don't think that was right. That's not, you know, holding true, but that's, that was good. It kept me honest. And, uh, and, you know, as I learned, you know, those who watch my channel from the day one, they learned as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and think I just, you know, it was, it was a learning process. Like everybody, you know, we started off as a bipedal ape and then I learned, well, they're a little bit smarter to bipedal ape. And then I had, you know, I finally had, uh, you know, made eye contact with one, saw one, you know, and was, you know, it saw me and I saw it. And then, you know, obviously it wasn't an ape. I mean, it had a, a human like appearance and, uh, and then some of the videos I was capturing and had a human, you know, they had a human like experience, you know, uh. Uh, facial features and you know they weren't they weren't apes they didn't look like apes uh and they definitely didn't act like apes you know and uh you know it was always this sometimes there was this air of they're playing with me there were times when i'm thinking these guys you know this can't be because you it 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 was hard to wrap my mind around that these guys are messing with me Like, like i'd put out a camera and i'd have to like you know they know what this is and but the 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 logical side says oh they don't know what that is no they don't know that this does that they don't know that you know it's an infrared camera and this is how it works but then they you know almost you know the next time i go back out they'd almost demonstrate Mm. yeah we know what this tech is we know how to defeat this tech yeah don't you know they're almost taking offense to the fact that i'm shoving it in their face and acting like they don't know what it is and so you know the process went from there and then i kind of got into the fact that you know i uh, i knew they weren't bipedal apes and then i got in, you know i was thinking well, you know some sort of human you know being that you know is just hidden from history and
0: kind of got off you know like you know one of these got freaky with an ape one time and created this whole other hybrid yeah, yeah, cre- yeah oh god <laughs> could have had
1: another line of human <laughs> beings going here but yeah. you, you know you're, you're at that point you're trying to fit, mm-hmm. fit these guys in because they don't fit in to the paradigm you had in school and and if you're in mainline churches you never hear about the Nephilim or any of this stuff. Yes. And you don't have a clue what the, you know, you know, giants, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so. I know, thought
0: it was just one Goliath. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, there's <laughs> more than one. He had a brother. That's why you got three stones.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but you, you you know, you start, you start putting these things together and, and you have to push through. It, it. like I had to push through that conditioning and it, it is a process. God and God takes you through it. And it's like, and it's like he gave me just, he knew I couldn't take the whole thing all at once,
0: mm.
1: you know, it just freaked me out, break me down. And so, uh, I got information just, you know, over, you know, a several year period, just you know, w- once I can handle this, then I got the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah. And it just kind of developed that way. And, uh, uh, I got, uh, I got to a point where, you know, I was, I knew I, I was way over my head. And I needed, uh, some, some help. I needed someone to talk to that understood what was going on. And I could bounce things off of. So started looking around and, 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 uh, there was that, uh, blah, blah, blah group that starts with a B and ends with an O <laughs> that I looked at them and, and I just wasn't, you know, it was a huge organization and I just, and I'd made some feelers and I wasn't really impressed. And there was a couple other smaller organizations, you know, like, you know, state-based or region-based. And then I found, uh, David Pilates and I saw he, he I had, I read a little thing, a little bio on him and, uh, his book, uh, the Hoopa Project. Mm-hmm. So I got the book, read the book. I was blown away. That's, you know, th- this guy gets it. He's, you know, you know, he was tasked by some, uh, guys in, um. Silicon Valley, uh, some former employers of his, when he decided to retire, came to him with, you know, We're, we'll set you up and pay you. We just want to know if they're real or not. So he very meticulously started doing stick pins of all the sightings he could find in California and the Hoopa Reservation, you know, had this big glob of pins and he said, that's where I'm going. And so he went through and, you know, he had Harvey Pratt do the uh, witness sketches and, I'm looking at the pictures and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, that's what I've seen. You know, it, it's all resonating. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I've encountered. And so I literally emailed him and began an email conversation back and forth. And then when I would get stuff, I'd send it to him like a video or pictures. And, and, you know, he, I think he was a little leery because, you know, some of the stuff mm-hmm. I was getting is pretty far out there, but I would, you know, I'd bounce stuff off of him. and like, you know, I got mock charged, you know, I thought something was getting ready to, you know, just take me away you'd be over because i didn't know that see see, all this stuff i didn't know and so i'm telling him and he's kind of verifying and he knows i'm ignorant he knows i don't know so Mm. you know it's kind of kind of it codifies to him that i'm having real experiences because i'm describing things that you know him and his researchers had already experienced and so uh one thing led to another and uh we uh, you know just started developing a friendship and uh, he he asked me to join his group, North American Bigfoot Search, which I did. And uh, right before we joined uh, the the uh, Sasquatch Genome Project or Sasquatch Big uh, uh, DNA Bigfoot Study, was that no, with Nellum? That's Doctor Ketchum was yeah. heading it up, but there were several other doctors uh, and scientists, and along with it, and that'd be the whole show in itself. I wrote sure. a book about it, yada yada. But um, uh, you know, they were needing hair samples. And so, uh, you know, I started uh, trying to figure out how to come up with a, you know, to, At first, uh, we got some hair. I was able to just get some, you know, like they'd reach up and get some food, and some hair would get caught on the, yeah, uh, uh, the limb or caught on the bark. And but it wasn't, um, you know, was it, we what was happening was she they, sasquatch hair has a quality about it that you can't get. DNA just from the hair itself, like mine and your hair, you can get mitochondrial DNA from it. Hmm. But there's some sort of protein or something that blocks blocks that process, and so uh, the primers nothing, nothing really won't run. So you have to have a skin tag, and so we had to figure out a way to get the hair pulled out to get that skin tag because that's where your mitochondrial was. And uh, so uh, working with Dave, we we came up with this thing. Uh, or ideal where we'd take packing tape and wrap it wrong side out around the trees and then put the food or the bait near it, like above it, like or like I used to put bacon grease into the, when it was cold, I'd take bacon grease and smear it into the bark, you know, as high as I could reach. And then lower on the tree, I'd put the tape and they'd lean into the tree and lick the uh, bacon grease out and leave me, you know, I'd get a hair sample. and Or we'd put apples up where they'd have to reach up and then we'd have tape, and so when they reach, we get wrist hair. And uh, then I started using. I noticed in the Smokies that there was a trail they used, and uh, they had broken a bush off, and and where they'd broken it, it was kind of you know it had the you know the limb was splintered, mm-hmm. and hair had caught in that. So I started doing that myself, making little little splinter traps. Oh, okay, and that worked really. Yeah. So we so wow. the, so we got you know I got hair samples, and I got some saliva samples. I sent in about thirty and And they used eleven. How'd you get saliva samples? So I had a candy bar they're they're a big thing with candy bars. they like granola bar. The one these around here they they are like they're human they're they're human hybrids. so they have their own taste. each one's a d- unique individual you can't you can't it's like human beings uh, you know we do act similar as a group, but when you get down into that level of you know you you get into this one likes you know peanut butter this one doesn't so. By experimentation, I found out they like Snickers bars and they like granola bars. Well, wh- way they would eat the Snickers bars, they pick up the Snickers bar with the wrapper on, crunch down halfway through, and and bite it off, and they just work the wrapper off in their mouth and go. Poof. I'd wow. find I'd, I'd, like I'd find the I'd find the part they chewed would be spit. I mean, it'd be kind of wadded and spit several mm-hmm. feet, and then the other side they pop it in, and just drop the wrapper so. And, you know, at first I was trying to figure it out. It's like, so there's half a wrapper here intact. And then I would start looking and eventually I would find it. Wow. And there would be a wadded up. Like you take a spit, a wad of paper in your mouth, chew it up for a minute and then spit it. And that's how I got to slob.
0: Wow. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just, no, that's I, I, I got distracted. I was like, wait a second. Hold on. How yeah, do you do that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and so that's how I got to slob. Okay. And so that so those, so I sent those in and they used eleven hair samples and you can go down that rabbit hole, but they could explain how they they had a hair specialist. They they had a they had an example of Sasquatch hair that had a complete chain of custody. In other words, a, at the Hoopa reservation, a, a, a lady that lived on the reservation heard something in their garbage, she went down down around uh their house, turned the corner and she had an old metal building where she kept her garbage on the reservation. There was a, seven, oh, It's pretty big. I think she said, it's in, it was about 10, 11, 12 foot, big one. And he's black like blonde, I think. And he's reaching in and grabbing bags, sniffing them. If he likes the way they smell, he throws them down beside him. If he does it, he throws them back in there. And he, as he's reaching, you know, it's an old rusted door. It's old screechy metal doors. And he reached in and he cut himself. And he also pulled out a big wad of hair. Mm. And so, you know, she's watching this happen. She's calling her brother, who's a a policeman in the hoop of reservation. So he goes flying up there. Well, the turnoff to her road is about a half a mile from the turnoff to her house. So, of course, he's winding his way up her driveway with the siren blaring. And so the Sasquatch, when he gets about halfway up, she says he just kind of looks that direction, kind of figures the gigs up and picks up three bags and walks off into the forest. And (laughs) so her brother gets there. And he's, he's, when he gets there, you can still feel the vibration of the thing walking. That's how heavy it is. Wow. So he starts up the, the path. It's dark already. And he, get, he gets a little bit up there, and he just says, uh-uh, no, I'm not following this thing in the woods. And, and he said he started, to, his mind said, look in the trees. and He thought to himself, I'm not even, not even looking. So he turns around and comes back, and you know, there's the hair. So he, he gets the gloves out and gets the evidence back out, and they collect it. So boom. We've got a pristine yeah. eyewitness, you know, we got Sasquatch hair and DNA. So that's what they used and they had a hair specialist and they gave him that, saying, This is Sasquatch hair, buddy. And so he had he could do his comparisons. And so, you know, so if, if someone's signed in horse hair, you know, he could, you know, side by side now. And, and it's easy to tell. I mean, Sasquatch hair is very unique. I won't get into all the details, but it's it's unique. So uh so because back then those they were PCR, everybody heard that. But this was being used for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they uh the tests were still very expensive. Back then there were six, seven, eight thousand dollars a run. So they didn't want to run horse hair or yeah. dog hair. So and the hair expert Clint, you know, he went through and said this is Sasquatch hair. And then they would run that. And so and I don't know whether, you know, I think some of my hair samples were, you know, may or may not have been Sasquatch, but they may not have had enough of a skin tag. So they're just not, you know. It, they're not going to run that because they're not going to get anything because they had a limited funds so i think i sure. got i think for the whole study they had maybe three hundred thousand dollars and that was from like too big, no i mean what <laughs> they did on three hundred thousand dollars was amazing wow and wally hersham and then uh, erickson dennis erickson were the main ones uh, david and other you know contributed their part but you know melba her time and then <laughs> they went around and they had uh i, I wrote a book uh the uh, truth denied and it's my account of the study and, uh, uh the Sasquatch uh, DNA study. And I, I mean, I go into grand detail about everything from my, what happened from all the craziness and, uh, them trying to destroy her reputation and, you know, the whole thing and, mm-hmm. and the results. But that when, you know, when that study was done, you know, we had the results, which was, it was, uh, it had, a. Uh, Basically, you had a hair that wasn't human yielding mitochondrial DNA that was human and unknown uh, uh, nuclear DNA, which come, and I always have to do this. The mitochondrial DNA comes from the female and is found on the outside and the inside of the nucleus. And the nuclear DNA comes from the male only, and it's found inside the nucleus. It's the harder DNA to get because you've got to have blood, Mm. flesh. It, It doesn't come from hair, and it degrades faster. So, uh, so, you know, so we had this being, this hybrid being that was part human, female, and unknown. They, there's a uh, depository called GenBank. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of species are in it. But basically, if you're a scientist, you can upload your sequences. And uh, then other scientists can compare. They, they have a search engine, kind of like you have Google. Well, they, It's called BLAST. And you you put it on your PC, and what you do is you log on to their website, and you take your uh, uh, sample and your your sequence, and then you compare it to the entire database. And it runs through the database. If it finds a match, it comes back and says you've got whatever. So the example I use is you got a a guy down in Amazon. He finds a frog, and he thinks I've got a unique frog. So he takes a you know takes his blood sample, does runs his DNA does the BLAST study, if it comes back with a match, well, no, sorry, you didn't find a unique frog. You just found this species. If, it, if there's no match, then voila, you've discovered a new species, and then you register it and, you, and do all the things you need to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they took the nuclear DNA, and they, well, they actually had three full genomes, so nuclear and mitochondrial, the whole, the whole deal, three, uh, three uh, gigabytes worth of data. And when they searched the GenBank, bank, there was no matches. So there was no no organism creature that matched it in that database. So, and still not to my knowledge. So you had so you had you know this very unusual creature, and it had the DNA was single strand, double strand, single strand. Dr. Ketchum said it, it definitely looked like it had been manipulated the DNA, and it had uh, it had sequences like when these geneticists would look at this they would see sequences that were impossible for a organism to have and be alive. Hmm. That was their problem with it. That's why they got a lot of, well, it's contaminated. Well, it can't be, it's impossible. You know, the problem was these were double blind studies at UCLA and Texas A&M and Chapel Hill, North Carolina. These were mainline, big name labs. So that kind of cut that off. So, you you know, uh, Louisiana crime lab, Put people on death row, and you're accusing them of contamination. I, that's not going to fly very far. Sure. So, you know, obviously, wasn't contamination, but you know that's all they had, and they definitely weren't going to admit it was some sort of it was a living, breathing creature. But right. That, the
0: supernatural but, as- aspect, aspect is not going to happen because what they <laughs> would
1: look like, they look at this, they look at, and and I'm no geneticist, and i just know enough to be extremely dangerous. So, all you geneticists listening out here, don't lose your minds. <laughs> But there are sequences. There are areas of the genome uh, that, whether it's hair color or skin color or different type things. But there are there were there were critical subsystems of the body, and the when they look at those sequences, they'd be incomplete or single strand, double strand. They're like, there's no way this could gestate. This should not be alive. You shouldn't have a DNA sample from this organism, alive. Mm. but yet there it was. And with, with all these genetic anomalies, it was living and breathing. And that was the hurdle they couldn't get over. That's where they stepped back and said, no, we're not believing this. Mm. It can't be real because it can't. Wow. Be. So we, so that's, you know, that's.
0: I've so, never had anybody break it down. Like, like that's me. I, I knew there was, I, I, when that whole study happened, I mean, I was new in, in this whole yeah. thing to begin with, but like, I, I remember seeing the drama and I'm, I'm just a truck driver in Philadelphia. I don't understand any of this stuff. And so I I just never had anybody talk to me about it and tell me exactly what happened there. That's fascinating. And there are
1: big names in the Bigfoot community that will completely disagree. And and they'll just stand up and say, it's hogwash. I've had one of them look me right in the eyes and tell me it's hogwash. Mm. And that's fine. But they can't repeat it. I mean, they've basically every time they continue to test and they continue to get mitochondrial human unknown nuclear. And then they, they that the old standby is, well, it's contaminated. And I'm sorry, but that not that if the labs in this country are, are that poor and don't know how to decontaminate and run a sample without contaminated contamination, we're in big trouble. Sure. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And right. this has been going on since the eighties. Oh, it's contaminated. It's got human DNA. No, it's a human hybrid. And and if you you know, here's how you tell you have Sasquatch hair. If you have a, a hair it's a non-human hair and it yields mitochondrial DNA, human dna it's a sasquatch hair mm. okay or it could be a dogman hair but it's a it's a cryptid hair because it, it, it the the foundational dna is the mitochondrial and it's always human female regardless of whether you got dogman uh a sasquatch or goatman or whatever cryptid is running around out there it's, that seems to be you know the 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 uh, the building block is a human female, and then right. they then you build from there. Yeah, but wow. yeah, so it was, and you know, there's you know the politics aside, there's a whole you know you could do a whole show on the politics of the Sasquatch world, and you know you know there's people I know that you if I mention that know me, they're probably already thrown the headsets down and walked away <laughs> from the broadcast. That's <laughs> yeah, okay, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean that, but but their problem is. Bring me all the samples in the world. I've, I've even made this claim. I said, when you test those samples and they're going to come back, you know, human mm-hmm. mitochondrial, unknown, unknown nuclear. And you can't run from that. You can't hide from that. No matter how many samples you get, sir, it's always going to come back that way. Yeah. And they're always like, well, it's contaminated. We've been going doing contamination now for 60 years. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just not true.
0: So, uh, all right. Um. We're talking about this DNA and the the samples and all that stuff and and the hybrid human. Uh, I think one, this would be a good spot because I didn't do it in the beginning. And I, I like doing this in the beginning and end of interviews with people that have books. If you could let people know the two books, I think it's two books, right?
1: Well, it's more than two.
0: It's more than two? Yeah. All right. Let the people know the books that you've written, where they can get them. Okay. And and then maybe we can go into the, the Nephilim angle, because sure. I know you've written about that. Yeah. And I'm, I did did the idea of the Nephilim angle come from these studies? That's or? where it came from. Okay. That, that's
1: the, I, did, I had to do all that background. That's but fine. Tell you yeah, that's fine. That, you know, that once that study came back and we knew that's what they were, they were this <clears throat> very uh, exotic human hybrid. Then, you know, that's when the head starts scratching. Okay, then what are they? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've seen them with my own eyes. But what are they? What matches this? And then, along with the uh, the DNA evidence that we've got, some sort of hybrid that had a. Uh, then, then we st- I started getting the uh, 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 the supernatural, the the woo, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, yeah. the woo stuff, what everybody calls the woo, which is a paranormal, supernatural. Yeah. Uh, hyper-natural. There's all I wave of that
0: flag <laughs> proudly. Yeah, and so
1: basically <laughs> that means that it's something that you know we don't. Un- it's technology and the use of technology we don't understand. We talked about that. We see technology as the use of carbon chips, or you know, uh, of some, some. You know, we build something and that's tech. And I think the Sasquatch have the ability to use the natural world around them and have the understanding of what frequencies and other things do and then have the ability to create you know infrasound and other f- and and to manipulate you know the world around them and use that tech mm-hmm. it's still a technology it's just you know they're just using the natural world as it is to do things yeah you know whether it's you know whether you know you get into the cloaking aspect or whether they're able to you know they're cl- oh, they are able to cloak but you know how they're doing it they're using that uh you know, the mind speak, uh, the fight or flight, uh, the missing time, uh, causing people not to remember or, you know, implanting thoughts in their head, those sort of things. Uh, that's all, I think, part of that, yeah. uh, the ability to manipulate things.
0: I agree. I agree. All right. So tell people what you're about. Your books. Okay. So can, I, I have. I can tell you don't like self promoting. So I'm going do like it. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna,
1: so I, I, the first book was this, uh, the uh, field, uh, the Bigfoot Field Journal. Okay. And those, uh, one of them was a hardback. And if you want to see my thinking way back when, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically it was more like, a, it was a journal, Bigfoot field journal. It was just my research and filled with a bunch of blurry pictures. And, uh, but, uh, and then I did two of those volume one and two. And then I did the Nephilim among us mm-hmm. where I, I, you know, that was when I'd come to all my conclusions and the study was over. And so I literally said, this is my research from point A to point B, and this is my, these are my conclusions based on my knowledge and experience. And uh, so I call that the Nephilim Among Us, um, excuse me, the you know, the identity of Sasquatch and other mysterious creatures, because by that point, <laughs> my research had now, you know, I now encountered a dog man, and, and I've got you know, video of this thing called a Darrow, and then I had orbs, and I had uh, uh um uh, black holes or what? Uh, really? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, not black holes. Um, I'm having a brain lo- That's brain hard. lock. Uh, portals. Portals. I Had more than one portal.
0: I have uh, Freaky. You're, you're at the right place, freak. my friend. Because I've, be I've been able, talking you portals. See the portal
1: develop. Really? Yeah. You need to look at it. It's it, unfortunately it's in 480p, but it it develops and there's this white grayish creature with an elongated skull in it. And Um, and I mean, it's a demarking, I mean, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn because I was just walking away from it, but you can, it forms a circle and it's, it's like looking into water. Wow. And you, I mean, it gets to the point where you can see the edge, you can see the event horizon all the way around it. And so, and it's, it's, uh, it posted here a couple, three months ago. I've been, you know, I've had so much stuff out there. I'm literally going back and, and remaking stuff because m- most people are lazy. No, no offense. Sure. No. Yeah. So they're going to look at the first 50 videos, first 25. Well, I got stuff back there from 2009 mm-hmm. and, you know, and then people yeah. are asking me questions like I answered that in 2009. Yeah. So I'm having to do. It's something. a long time ago now. And I got better software now so I can do a little bit more enhancements and, you know, stabilization mm-hmm. and, and contrast and, you know, and sharpen. and. So things look a little better. You know, you can actually see, you know, see a little bit more detail in there. I'm kind of like MK Davis. You know, if anybody knows where him, he just keeps going back to the Gimlin film. Yeah. <laughs> just keeps drilling in deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, And bless his heart, I hope I'm not that bad. But but I do see that, you know, when, when the technology increases, I like to go back, mm. you know, and, and look at some of the older stuff, you know, because you can get, uh, you can get some, you know, stuff more in focus and and get yeah. some of the artifacts out of it that were in the 480p i feel
0: i feel the same way with my show i do reloaded mondays every monday i put out an old episode yeah and some of the really old ones i will put out and before i put it out though i'll run through some stuff that i do to audio now yeah because i'm I, like i think it was episode four not too long ago i put out as a reloaded monday i was like episode four i'm just yeah. like oh my gosh, this is some really bad audio. And I remember back then I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. And did not no more, but I, I totally understand the, uh, the idea of going back through it all. Yeah. Uh, and then we got,
1: uh, let's see the, the Nephilim among us. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, I actually went to Colorado. Dave invited me out there to do, he had a, uh, did a conference out there. It was really cool where he did, he did more than just Sasquatch. he, he had already started his missing four one one, but he did like UFOs. He's a MUFON guy. I didn't know if you know this. He's been in MUFON for a long time. Okay, so it, long before there was Sasquatch at all, mm-hmm. like like early twenties maybe, he was in MUFON. Wow. So he did this this conference, and 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 like it was, I was bombarded I over and over. What about the DNA study? Well, I've heard it's this, or I heard it's that, I heard it's a bunch of bunk. I, and literally, I was surrounded the whole time by people asking me questions about the Sasquatch genome study. So I decided to write a book. I said I got to write something. So that's where the uh, uh, the truth denied because you know my humble opinion. You know that's what it was. They saw they saw the results and they're like, no, we're we're not accepting this. Mm-hmm. No, you know it. You know it. It, it busts up our paradigm. It busts up our money making schemes. You know my revenue stream comes from it being a bipedal ape. My revenue stream comes from it being unknown, you know, my revenue stream comes from, you know, being undiscovered. So if it's known and discovered and, and it's not a bipedal ape, you've got a lot of people, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you got the conspiracy of the like-minded, uh, kind yeah. of working together, you know, the enemy of, of my enemy is my friend. So, and, and so I, I, I put that together and, uh, and it, it's, it's actually, you know, it's probably my best work. Cause uh, the research, I mean, I've got everything documented and you know, since all, most of this came off the internet, most of I had to do print screens. Even they scrub stuff off way back on some of this stuff. I don't know who has the power to do that, but they mm. did some of these articles, but see, so what I did, I was smart enough to go along because I, I don't know, it's, it's, I didn't know if I'd write a book, but I was so tired of proving this to people. So I literally would screenshot the websites. And do I so I had screenshots of all the things that I said or was claiming to happen or conversations for this person who denied he ever said this well, he said it and there it is. But you know, I was hoping it was scrub sort, sort of deal. So, literally, you know, I've got a just a an index, you know, a half an inch full index, and what and literally what wasn't on the internet, I just printed in the book I just wow. said, because I didn't have any way because to do it.
0: What the heck? Looking at your club numbers. Oh my gosh, my phone just started playing. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, the, the uh, creatures are. Weird. Yeah, I, I was I was listening to Tim uh, oh. Tim Pool earlier today, yeah. and uh, my phone just started playing. Yeah, wow, that was weird. Yeah, that was caught on camera too. So yeah, That's pretty good. <laughs> everybody go. knows I I
1: didn't touch my phone. Yeah, so uh, they're they're not wanting this information out. Already. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, now the the black hats are out there with messing with us. But uh, yeah. But yeah, it, and so I did. Uh, so I even for those things I couldn't reference, you know, f- you know, with a, a with a link, I just printed so people could read it. And then uh, then I did an updated version. I did the uh, uh, the uh, Nephilim Among Us updated, and now and then now I'm working on. I'm almost got it ready for publication. Uh, a special edition where I've added like three or four chapters. I made it big. Everybody complains like. The first version was expensive. I use Amazon, if it's okay to mention that. Yeah. And it's self-publishing. So if you use glossy and you use a lot of pictures, Mm -hmm. they charge you a lot of money. And so, you know, they'll come out and they'll say like, well, you know, you know, you must charge $28 for this book. Well, you know, no one's going to pay $28 for a book. Most people barely going to pay 20. And so you have to start taking the pictures out. Mm -hmm. And so... When I did the second book, I just did everything on matte black and white, so I could put the pictures not so good, but at least get them in there. And now this book, I've done. I mean, everybody could, and I had several people. You need to do a good book where you really clean these pictures up, get them in glossy, you know. And uh, so that's what I did. So I've got this eight by ten, that, and it's going to be more expensive. You know, it is what it it is. It is what it is. I mean. And I'm not going to, I'm going to charge just the bare minimum, you know, I'll have to, you know, whatever it costs to ship and whatever, but I'm going to actually have to do it myself. I can't do it through Amazon. This book's over $50 through Amazon.
0: I'm like, I believe it. And I'm
1: like, no, I mean, that's just not, I mean, that's without me making anything. That's just, mm-hmm. if I just said here, you just, you know, and so, uh, we like to eat. So, I, yeah, you know, yeah, I think people understand Absolutely. that. And, but, uh, so, uh, I'm going to actually, uh advertise this one and sell it myself and ship it out and just have it printed. I can cut $20 off the book. Oh, wow. But, uh, that, and then, so, and where I go from there, I don't know. I mean, I've got, I'm got a couple of things running, r- rolling around my head. And of course the last latest book I've got is the sauce, Sasquatch awareness project. And that's what I'm into now, if you want to call it into now, kind of where I moved to. And, uh, I got started in that with uh, Steve Ishdoll here back right before COVID hit. But we always had this issue, even when I was just doing uh, the the Sasquatch research, we would get emails and contacted by people that were having experiences and like help. We don't know what to do. You know, we bought our dream property, we built our cabin, and now I've got this eight foot monster sticking his face in the window and the cops won't come out no more. I mean they know you know they see the tracks and everything and they see the smudges on the glass but they won't do anything they're like there's nothing we can do we call a wildlife officer and there's you know we don't handle that sort of thing ma'am you know and so you know call a paranormal investigator or whatever and they're like well they all they do is smudge and walk around and chant and yeah and then the thing comes back right the next night you know so and you know that it was always there and and I would we'd answer and try to help but we, we wouldn't really you know focused on that and then and that, and it always was in the back of my mind. It was always bothering me. I, you know, there was a few years there. I didn't really do a whole lot. I stopped. I mean, there wasn't anything left to research. In my mind, we put the thing to bed. We'd proved it's a human hybrid. We'd prove it existed. These things won't talk to you. There's no way to study them, not realistically. They can defeat any technology we have. And then, you know, I, you know, I knew they were a Nephilim, which is, a, you know, you shouldn't be messing with the Nephilim anyway we can get into uh, the rebuking and all that, how I got rid Because there was a whole, you know, thing of, uh, of how, I, you know, of the hitch, it's called the hitchhiker, hitchhiker effect. Mm-hmm. Yep. And back then I just called it, they'll follow you home. <laughs> yeah. And then they, you know, and, and, that's and, what then, and then with the Skinwalker Ranch and all that, the, yeah. the guys, they came up with the hitchhiker because that was happening to them in another genre. Mm -hmm. or another field of investigation Mm -hmm. and see it's all related and we can get into that but you know so i i've written this book and it's just a it's a small book about 110 pages i wanted to keep it short and concise it's very basic knowledge uh, information and knowledge about the sasquatch what they are what they look like uh what to do if you encounter one and and the and, you know, help just to let people know that you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a book either you can read if you've had an experience and don't know anything, or if you want to educate, you got a 12 year old and you want to give them that book, you know, they're getting into the outdoors and you want them to be aware these things exist and then you can give it to them. And and I, you know, I have solutions for help for like, if you've got, got them come around your home or you got to come around your homestead or whatever, I've got practical solutions that we we found at work, you know, not 100%. Nothing's 100%, but, you know, have good success. And then I've got the spiritual as well. And I put both of them in there, and I'm like, if you're, you know, if, if you're not a spiritual person, then ignore the spiritual and, and go with the, you know, go with the practical. If you're a spiritual person, then, you know, common sense says use both. I, you know, I always say rebuking works, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to go ahead and go, you know, it's not that you have a lack of faith, but, you know, just good old-fashioned common sense, you know, put the trail cameras out and all those other things because there's more sometimes than the, than the Sasquatch lurking. Yeah. Because they bring other things with them, mm-hmm. so. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's interesting you say it that way because uh, I just, just today, as today, the time of this recording, <clears throat> I just dropped a, an episode with Martin Groves and him and I briefly theorized that, because the, we hear people talk about Dogman, and I know you mentioned Dogman, which I well, did you see Dogman by the way?: I've seen one. Then we were definitely going to get into that. yeah. Uh, but uh, it, we we hear people talk about how Dogman and Bigfoot don't get along. and the it, it was like it was this moment where he's telling his story and how he has these dogmen on scene. and then when they run and they get in the truck and they hit the lights, in the field, uh, across from there, are two Bigfoots standing there, and then one drops down on all four. And we kind of just real briefly theorized this idea. It's like, what if the dogmen were there because of the Bigfoot, and it's almost like, like how we have dogs, and we let the dog off the leash and let it run around. What if it was something like that, where they, they brought them with them, and they're just like, go. And they went to terrorize, you know, this is just, just yeah. it's, it's thinking out loud. Yeah. And, and there are,
1: and there are, there are all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. And I don't pretend to know. Them, sure. But, Cause we can't talk to either species won't talk to us. Well, there yeah. are, you know, there are a few people that they'll talk to mind speaker, whatever, but for the most part, me and you can't go out in the woods and sit down and have a conversation. Tell me where you come from. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on?
0: So, uh, Let's talk about this dog man encounter because I don't sure. I don't want to forget to get there because yeah. I, I have a feeling it, it, I don't want to assume things. But you being local, I I, I have a feeling you might be back in here sometime, and yeah. so we could hit oh, other hope, things. But yeah, that would be great. Yeah, but uh, I I don't want to because all right. Well, the, I,
1: I have three experiences. Really, two are mine, and one is a very and don't let me forget to tell you about a lady that had one on the other side of the airport because it's interesting. As Mickey well. Tyson. Yes. Okay. Okay, over there at that park that's on the other side, where yeah. You can, in the lake, where you can put in the water, right there. Mm-hmm. Probably, she has a home near there, and she encountered one there. But okay. we'll get there. Okay, that one like ties a lot of stuff together and makes, you know, makes you scratch your head.
0: Well, take us away then, because I, I, okay. re, re, I would say this: over the years, the show has gone through phases. And ever since I come out with Expedition Dogman on Amazon, we've been getting a lot of people talking to us about Dogman. Yeah, dog yeah. and, and so I'm in this—you are catching me in a stage where I'm like, "Oh, you got Dogman stories? Let's hear it!" But yeah. Now,
1: so. And it's crazy because when, when we were doing the DNA study, and, and back then, oh, we don't talk about Dogman;
0: they'll think mm-hmm. you're crazy.
1: And we got this study going on, and they already looking for every excuse to tear it down. Don't say anything about Dogman and that. It's when I got this footage, the first set, and that—that's the crazy part. If this would have been a Sasquatch footage, you know, you know, I'd be somewhere else in an island somewhere, you know, drinking a, you know, a a cola or something, and and watching the sunset. Yeah. But it was a dogman, (laughs) and so and it's like, hold the footage, don't publish it yet. Late till we get the DNA, you know, DNA study done. But so what happened, and in time. I'm old, so time 2009, 10-ish, 2010. Uh, so I'm still, we're still in the throes of the uh, the DNA study. I've gone down here to Baker's Creek. I've walked out a trail that, just the trail ends, and there's a roadbed that goes across where, where it used to go, the road used to go down the old ferry. And so there's a flooded roadbed, and there's an island. And then on the island was like where, uh, one of the offices to the ferry station was, there's still remnants. And then you'd go down across the Teleco there. No, I don't know. I think it was Niles ferry. It was one of the ferries there. And, and so I'm interested on that Island cause I'm, I'm thinking, and there's evidence that they're going over that Island, sleeping on an Island during the day, mm. then walking back across and like, I would put sticks and stuff, do a bunch of low tech stuff, and and I get partial footprints. And they, I'd put a stick across the trail and they'd kick it out of the way, you know, coming from the. So I was there. That was what I was interested in. And this, this trail is extremely grown up. It's kind of, it was an old horse trail, but the horse, there's some trees had fallen. So the horses weren't like keeping it, you know, keeping it beat down. So it, it it was literally grown to shoulder. All I could do is just get through it. So I had foliage on my both shoulders mm-hmm. and I had the back trail camera, which is a camera that is, uh, on my shoulder, mounted on my shoulder and it's filming behind me. And, uh, I always, I started doing that, you know, because I captured one looking at me when I was filming and holding the camera to the side and I figured out they're peakers, they're watching and peeking. And so, uh, so I've got this back trail camera going. So I don't know what's going on. I, I just, every 10 or 15 minutes, I start and restop it, so I get short. You know, I don't have to deal with big clips, and you know. And then, you know, when I get homes, when I figure out, you know, if I got anything. So I'm doing my thing. I'm looking across to the island. I go to I go to turn around, and I get I get caught in some briars, and I kind of readjust, get the briar out, and I turn turn around and leave. Well, when I get get home during this sequence of me starting the turn around and then turning around. They're in the in the bushes, you know, three or four feet behind me. This Sasquatch, or not sasquatch this dog man had he kind of like he had his head back. It's like he was raising up, had his head back, leveled his head, and pushed his snout through. And you can see him do that. Mm. And uh, you can see the end of the snout. Uh, he, I mean, he's in the bush. So like uh, laying over the cross. Those who've seen the footage. Uh, there's like foliage laying what across his, his snout. You can see the right eye and the right part of the right head. And then he's got this weird little creature that's literally sitting, it's literally grabbed, is literally holding on to the side of his head and it's got silver, um, fur or hair. And then it's got like a, a Caucasian colored face <clears throat> and it's constantly moving its little mouth. And, uh, we'll get into that what that people think that is but so this thing levels up and for just a second and it, and since i'm moving it it's, it's 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 like you can see it it's like a boxer you know it's on the balls of its feet and it's 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 kind of it's swaying it's like hmm it's kind of watching me and trying to figure out what i'm going to do and 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 when i go ahead and break through and twist all start to twist around you know all the way then it it goes down you can mm. see it. It lowers itself down it, and it, it stays right there. It doesn't like run. And then I completely turn and walk off. Well, when I get home, you know, I'm reviewing that footage, losing my mind. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. And so I called Dave, uh, Pilates real excited and telling him and sending him, him the clip and he's like, you know, we can't, you know, don't show this, you know, everybody think you're nuts. Think we're nuts. You know we can't have Dog Man associated with you and and you because you're uh, you know got eleven samples in the study yada yada, and so you know it was in peer review at the time so I'm like okay but he said you know it'd be nice if we could get some DNA samples so after you know after the Sasquatch study maybe we can move on to the Dog Man because he said I see it. he said that's been trending in a lot of, questions and stuff so maybe we get a leg yeah. up well dumb me listens today. <laughs> in yeah, in California. And so the, uh, the next weekend, uh, there, we have some friends, there's a campground that's on, it's not too far away from here and they're camping. And so we're going to go visit them. Right. And so, and, you know, Dave's kind of like, Hey, you know, really like to get those hair samples. So I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get out to this place? So we go, go right by it. So, Told told uh, the wife at the time. I said, "Just drop me off. I'll go set these hair traps, and I'll come out and call you. And you come back and get me, and we'll go to the, you know, we'll go down and and we'll, you know, do the you know, the camp out thing and fish and hunt or whatever we're doing, uh, barbecuing." And so she says, "Okay." So you know, I've got my garb on because I'm going in the bush and uh, got my gun with me. And uh, that year, the cicadas were out. And I mean, they were so loud, you couldn't hear yourself think. So that's the background. I mean, as I'm walking in it, they are, I mean, they are just, I don't know how many decibels it was. You can hear it on the video, but it, there is no noise other than them. It is that loud. And so I get out there and I go in behind that area. It's, it's on the end of this point and it's just real growed up and nasty. And I work my way in there and I've got like, I do some hair traps and I use some, I got some bacon in a jar see if I can get them to open the lid and I've got a hot dog and just, other, just food. And so I put that up. So I'm done and I'm walking out. So I've got a monopod with my camera on it and I've got the back trim. And so I'm walking out and I'm, it's, it's kind of difficult. So you got a bunch of fallen trees and then you've got a bunch of growth over the top of those. And so it's just, I'm just literally wading back out. And then I, to my right, I catch movement and I turn my head just in time to see this thing leap up on the side of a tree and it's about uh i'd say about the 20 yards 60 feet uh to, to my right and so the foliage you got to understand the foliage i'm 6'3 and the foliage is like eye to me and so this thing you know is jumping up so it can see me so it jumps up and it grabs the side of the tree with its hand claws because they look like uh, raccoon hands what they look like they look just like a raccoon's hand with long claws on the end because I saw the shine and he literally he just flipped a bend of the tree and then he leaned back so he's um I imagine I didn't see him but from like the center like right below the chest up I imagine he's got his feet in the side of the tree he leans back and looks over his right shoulder in my direction now he's not looking right at me he's just kind of looking in my direction and so I raise the camera and I'm starting to zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. And I mean, with all the thick foliage and it's auto focus, you can imagine what's going on. I get it for a second, it goes out of focus. So I'm struggling with the focus. I get a few seconds of decent. You can see that there's something there with big ears and a nose. And and it it looks kind of like a German Shepherd. While Mm -hmm. the other one had a flat nose, almost pig snout-like. This one has a dog nose. It literally has, looks like a German Shepherd mm. face. And so I'm doing that. And then I kind of like, I'm all excited. I don't, I don't know why I'm excited, but I'm excited. I'm excited. And then I, and then it hits me. Oh man, that's, a, I mean, it's a dog man. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you probably need to get your gun out. So I put the monopod in the side. I pull the gun, gun out of its holster and, and, uh, I don't, it's a, it's a, it's a 40 and it's a semi-automatic. And so I don't have one in the chamber, which I know is just useless as a rock. (laughs) I just have to club it to death, but I, you know, I don't want to shoot my foot, hole through my foot. So Mm -hmm. I don't have, I don't carry around in the chamber. I've since learned to go ahead and put around in the chamber. We'll trust clock not to shoot my foot off. I appendix carry. So
0: imagine how I have to, yeah, you
1: know, I, like, know. <laughs> I still, if I had it in my, if I had it in my
0: belly, I don't know. I, I got used to it, but this, this is speed cock. But I'll tell you what, having one in the <laughs> chamber when I first started appendix carrying, I yeah. was nervous. Yeah, you
1: know, I just could see myself screwing up and, you know, shooting a hole in the top of my foot. And, mm, uh, yeah. You know. So, but the mistake I made is, and it was a high tech, it was a cheap one because that's all I could afford. And so they're all steel or pot metal. I'll, I'll be honest. So I rack a round, and when I let and I did, instead of easing it off, I just let it go. Yeah, So it. wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when I did that, so this thing's it's kind of it's given me like what I call a side eye. Sasquatch so do the same thing. It wouldn't look right at me. It was look. It was giving me peripheral vision. And but when I did that, it literally pivoted its head and did its ears like that. It pointed at you. Yeah, and looked right. It, wow. at me in the eyes and i'm here to tell you that was the coldest deadest looking i mean this thing looked through me not at me like i mean it looked at me like i'm looking at that water bottle like it's just <laughs> in inad- that i was an inanimate object that didn't matter i mean that's the you know like i've looked i've made eye contact with a sasquatch it's got you know there's a soul there of some sort there's there's, there, there's a being there. there there's a, a life there. I mean, this thing is like, you know, you know what a deer looks like when it's mounted? You look mm-hmm. at its eyes. Yeah. And that's exactly what this the eyes look like. Wow. They were dead. That was the deadest eyes I'd ever seen. And so this thing's looking at me Ooh. at this point, I, I know I've screwed up because at this point, I'm thinking he's coming off that tree. Mm-hmm. He's coming off that tree. And, and then I started running scenarios through my head. It's like, okay, if he stays on all fours, you know, or if he goes all fours, you know, go to one knee because he's moving, you know, if you stay up when a creature, when like you're getting a bear attack, go on a knee. Because if you shoot from a standing position and aim for his head, you'll hit him in the butt. Mm. But if you kneel down and are level with him and you're shooting straight at him then every every round's going to be going in the face and the shoulders. Yeah. So you're going to. Have a little better chance of stopping him. Well, Survival tips, right you know, here. Yeah, and I've learned that for a while back. But so that's what I, I was running that through my head. Go go on and just you know squeeze center mass, empty out, filling for my knife. You know, pop that. I said, you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down fighting. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be stabbing him. You know, because I don't know if bullets will stop him. Yeah. And then I you know told myself, and if he on, if he stays upright, you know, center mass, you know, just unload. And, to, you know, just get ready for it. And so I'm literally just, I'm just there. I, I don't have, I don't raise the gun because I'm, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm like, just, I'm chilling just and thinking these things. And then nothing happens. He just continues to look at me. And so my brain kind of, you know, I kicked myself. It's like, move. You know, I literally had to like think to my feet, move. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, he's going to let me get out of here, I think. So I literally just kind of turn slowly, shift, turn, and then start. But I'm having to like check behind me because I'm having to step over stuff, and it's 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 nasty. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to trip and fall for sure. And so I, I'm backing back out, and I get out. I, I get out enough out of the thick stuff around where the old feeding station used to be, and then make my way out to the horse trail. I'm backing the whole way, and I back out the horse trail. And then once I get at the end of the, uh, this little peninsula, which would probably be about a hundred yards away from where it was, I take off walking really fast. And so I got uh, this. The days I got the old flip phones, and I'm you know I'm I trying to call my, uh, the the uh, the wife and not getting anything. No service. No service. Where she's at and where I'm at, there's no service. I'm like oh, so I'm uh, I'm you know walking you know not running but walking fast and pretty much you know you know, keep an eye. And then it, it picked me up. I probably walked. Uh, I always forget to include this because everything gets going in my head, but it, it followed me out. It it gave me the royal escort, the mm-hmm. loud, I'm here, and I'm following you out. So it was quartering me about, about 60, 70 yards to the left, depending on where I was on the trail. Sometimes it would be on my left, and then, you know, if if I was running near the lake, it would cross over and be on my right. And I didn't know who to call or what to do. And I, I called Dave. I got it. I got out a little ways. I went all the way out and I called Dave and I said, I've seen a freaking dog man and it's all your fault, Dave. It's all your fault. He's like, What? What are you talking about? I said, I've just had a like an eye-to-eye dog man encounter and he's still here. And I said, if he kills me, it's your fault. <laughs> Something to that effect. And he's freaky. He's like, What? And I said, I just I can't get a hold of my wife. And I said, I need Someone to know what's going on. Yeah, and if I don't call you back in about thirty minutes, I'm dead. Nine one one, and this is where I'm at. So at least you can call Tennessee nine one one and tell them you know you know there's some you know I've got a new subject for my next book. Yeah, <laughs> you know missing four one one the dogman, and uh, and so you know he knew I was serious and and he knew it was a serious situation, but you know, so I finally I just kept. What I did is I just kept moving, and I got, I got, I finally got a hold of, of my wife and said, "I, I need you to come get me now." And I think she didn't even question. It. She says something's wrong. I said, "Yeah, I, I can't explain just now. Come meet me at the area." Well, when I got out to the little parking area, it's a, it's actually the parking area is is a is a cemetery, <laughs> and so there's an access road. It's paved, mm. and then up about, uh, you know, up about three or four hundred not three or four hundred, probably about 200 yards is a boat ramp. And so I'm on the access road and I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I'm walking, you know. I'll just go to the main road if I have to go out to to, uh, Teleco Parkway and go. And so I'm walking. So I've got my pistol in one hand, a camera and a monopod in the other. And and I'm walking the main drag and uh, I see the wife coming up and she whoops the Jeep around and she can tell by the look on my face, there's no color left. I'm white. And she knows something bad's wrong. And I, I said, "Don't," you know. I said, "Look." Uh, she flipped it around. I threw the, threw my backpack and the camera in the back. Had the top off the jeep. Jumped in the jeep. Still had my pistol put between my legs. I said, "Go, go, go!" So she took off. And I said, "Don't." I said, "Go." I mean it. And she said, "We're we being chased." And I said, "I don't know. Just go." And so we got out to the main road on four eleven, and then started back. And, uh, and. Uh, so she was just trying to get, you know, get away from the place. And we're, we're driving down the road, and she looks over at me. She says, is that loaded? I'm going, yeah, it is. And she says, "Yo, so, I think we're all right now. Why don't you unload that for me? So I, said, you know, so I unloaded it, and we pulled into a little uh, gas station about a mile up the road, and I told her what's happening. I said, actually, I think I got some video of it. So we got the little little Sony out and on that little screen and backed it up, and sure enough, you could see it enough that it made her cry. Made her really Wow. She got upset.
0: Let me ask you this. You you just brought up your wife. Uh, When you got involved in all this stuff, I think you said 2008-ish, what did your family think of, of, like, like, hey, you went from laughing at YouTube or uh, like a Bigfoot videos to, oh, you came home and now you heard something crashing. You're going to start doing some videoing out in the woods.
1: Well, unfortunately, I've been through two wives.
0: Okay. (laughs) Through all this. Okay. (laughs) God, forgive me.
1: But- and, and the circumstances weren't caused by Sasquatch or anything, but, uh, uh, the, the, the kids didn't care. I mean, they just thought it was fun to go out and, yeah. and I was dumb enough to take them out f- a few times. Then I stopped after about this times when I stopped because of the dog. man. Mm. I wasn't going to expose them to this, but, uh, she was okay with it. She actually had an experience at the house where one, they were coming to the house. when you know, we talk about the hitchhiker, hitchhiker effect and. And she saw one, and I, I've actually got a video of her uh, on my channel where she recounts exactly what happened. But wow. so they were, you know, why they're not like big into it. And she was disabled, so and, and sometimes she was homebound or bedridden. Sometimes she wasn't, and she had mixed uh, 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 connective tissue disorder, so she was, you know, up and down as far as her health. And but you know, you know most of the time. You know, it was, it was just, it was a hobby.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, once I got to this point, it it went back to being more of a hobby than it did a, you know, every weekend. I, there was a two or three year span where it was almost every weekend. I didn't fish and I didn't stop hunting. And, you know, that's what I was doing on the weekends. If I wasn't doing family related stuff, it yeah. was that. But I had started already to back off and go back, mm-hmm. you know, just doing it once or twice a month, maybe. And, and then, of course, now it just, all I do is throw a back trail camera on and I go do something else.
0: So what, that span of time where it was every weekend going out and stuff, would you say that it was uh, of interest or obsession at that point? It was obsession. Yeah. I was
1: in like, I was like, I got to find out what this is. And it was like, you know, with each new experience, mm-hmm. I'd learn something new and it was just, you know, it, was, it, it would pull you in a little deeper and a little deeper because you just – you know, you know, you know. You find out they're not a bipedal ape. Now you find out they're some sort of human hybrid. Now you know they're doing these. Uh, they're they're leaving. You know, language, and they're sending you messages, and now they're coming to your house. Yeah. and they're doing stuff there, and so it's just you know, it's almost it can be a, You know, and I warn people about that. You got to be careful. It can it can become an obs- obsession. You know, to to prove it. Yeah, and sometimes you know, I was in the thing to prove it. In a way, you know, because you know, that was our goal was to prove they exist, you know, through, through, di- through the DNA, through scientific evidence and, and, and through uh, video, if we can get it.
0: So there's, um, <clears throat> there's a lady that locally, well, she used to be local. I'm going to be interviewing her next week. Uh, and I wish I would have known she was here before she moved. Uh, but <clears throat> she's, she was about an hour east of here, her and her husband seven years ago. Uh, bought a house uh, down here from Virginia, dream home, property, everything. They lived here for, uh, uh, they lived here for, no, I th- I forget when they moved. They lived here for seven years. Yeah, so they lived here for seven years. Uh, seven years ago, they bought the the property. She said that for seven years, they were tormented on their property by these creatures. And, and, and I guess in the house as well, as like orbs and, and hauntings. Uh to the point that they sold their property in this market for less than what they bought it for. Oh my goodness. And moved ten hours north to Indiana because of these things on the on the property. <laughs> Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, go check out the second half of the show because it's not over. This is just the first half. The second half is waiting for members right now on the website and the Castos app. I promise you, it gets really, really good. That's waiting for you right now, members. So go ahead and check it out. Everybody else, I'll see you next Tuesday right here. Until then, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but 1st it they'll piss you off. Bye. Oh, my goodness. And move 10 hours north to Indiana because of these things on the on the property. They just moved in December last year.
1: Hmm, I wish I'd known that. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I don't do house calls, but you know, somebody like that, you feel like you could help,
0: right? And and and, and I I told her I because she didn't know who I was. I guess somebody on her Facebook just mm-hmm. commented my name, and so she reached out to me on Facebook, and she's like, "I don't know much about you, uh, but somebody told me to talk to you." And I was, and I told her who I was, and I and she said something about research. I said, "Well, actually, I don't do research. I just talk to people about their experiences." And I think most researchers are (laughs) I had some words because I I just I I think that the guys who are telling me, let me tell you what it is, I'm like, bro, like if you know that well, we wouldn't be sitting here right now talking about this these things. It'd be case closed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but anyways, uh, so I'm gonna be interviewing her next week. Oh good. But um but, she didn't live over there, did she? No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. She, she actually, because I, I
1: live- Because if this lady's listening, I, I, I lost her phone number. I need her to call. No. <laughs> It'd be nice to talk to her again, but anyway. So i we'll, I getting ready to tell you about.
0: I, I live closer to Seymour, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and she lived about an hour east mm-hmm. from me. So, she, so She's in yeah. the mountains. Yes, yes. Uh, I actually know, I think she said Newport. Yeah. Know, the Newport or, Yeah. Oh, uh, what yeah. was it called? Some kind of Indian reservation or-
1: um, uh, Cherokee. Cherokee. The Cherokee, uh, oh man! Well, the Cherokee a, have their reservation up there.
0: Yeah, like it was something wild, uh, some kind of wildlife uh, reservation. Awasi? No. I, it was a weird name. I forget. But she, she, like, she didn't want to give me the address of the place because the new owner, she said, wouldn't take kind to it. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure. Did she tell the new owner? I don't think she did. I don't think she did, and that's why I want to, I want to find out where this property is because I was like. This would be such a great case study. <laughs>
1: well, if, that, if that new owner needs, uh, well, well, you'll find out. I'm we'll sure. fi- uh, Cause cause he'll call her and say, what in the world did you mm-hmm. sell me? If she calls you, maybe we yeah, go out there and do
0: Absolutely.
1: Pray and yeah. see what we can do. Yeah,
0: and guns. Lots of guns. Lots of guns and praying. Yes. Anyways, go ahead and. No,
1: so so that leads into. Avenge be near To avenge my peers I confess my sins right here When a pelican swim And a grey white fly A boy know it's all Can enjoy thy ride But the matrix don't care We enjoy cloud nine 6-3 Nicola No order particularly DeLorean dreams of the crack out But we know the crack gonna sell So if it's a variable Don't work well I was the hand when Reagan Was the cartel But Shabazz Do I rap? Do I sing? Do I preach? I don't know Do I lack anything Via love? No I don't But we gotta be a warrior too Cause that's just what warriors do
0: Baby. with jesus i'm a chimera looking at these four years flying by by fair force. they couldn't that off for the food too analytics they used to recruit you Yours opinion that sets on your sun too. they don't want the individual just to carve a copy true spitting that manicotti yeah, i'm talking saucy Woo. all they want to build is a prison world full of pet got me ah. kamikaze got me out of body like i'm goku ss3 Woo. they want to push me to the center like a cell they want to spin up at the center of the nexus me yeah, yeah. They want